0: All right, welcome to another edition of Big Ideas in App Architecture. Really excited today to be joined by Matthias, the co-founder and CTO of a really interesting company called Double. Now, usually I go and I introduce everybody by their first and last name, but you and I talked about how to pronounce your last name. I did not do it well in practice, and I didn't want to butcher it live. So I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself using your full name, uh, so that I don't get in trouble. And then let's talk a little bit about kind of your history, you know, how you got into this business, and then obviously really excited to hear about what you're building with Double. Definitely. Thank you, Tim. Yeah,
1: so uh, as Tim said, I'm the co-founder and CTO of uh, Double, and my name is uh, Matthias Fjellwang. Uh, with a bit more dialect, you would probably say Matthias Fjellwang. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks. Happy to be here
0: great yeah i you know look there are plenty of reasons why i, inter- or I embarrass myself on this podcast uh, either asking dumb questions or saying dumb things but you know horribly mispronouncing people's names is not uh not something i necessarily want to be known for so really really glad to have you you know as, as we've started many of these uh shows it's always fascinating for me personally hopefully it is for others to understand a little bit about you personally kind of your history you know how you got started in technology how you got started you know, or or became kind of the co-founder uh, in, in CTO of Double. So maybe just, you know, for the listeners, a little bit of background on you personally. How did you, how did you end up uh, where you are? Right. So, um, yeah. I mean, I
1: started really early on. I remember at a New Year's Eve, I was with some some family friends, and I recall I uh, one of the the a little bit older guys than me. He was uh, showing me a website he made, and I was extremely stunned by this fact that. You could write something on your own computer and then it would be accessible everywhere. So I was around seven when I started like trying to figure out how I could do this. Um, I even remember I, I typed inside the the, um, the browser bar and then I thought, oh, what if I type here, then I'll make a website. But you know, uh, <laughs> you live and you'll learn. Uh, but I found a hosting provider and that made it a lot easier to actually uh, build websites. So I started out quite basic where it was like what you see is what you get editor and you could uh, paste scripts in JavaScript. You could steal from somewhere and maybe there there were some providers who could build a guest book for you, but you had to embed it as an iframe. You know, that's how it started. And then when I was around 12, I got tired of these uh, ready-made solutions. So I had to to, uh, figure out how to program myself. So I remember I bought my first programming book when I was around twelve, um, and then I just, you know, I actually remember also in first grade I took a uh, piece of paper and I would I would just write HTML on this piece of paper, <laughs> like how to make a select, you know, you had to make a select and then an option and some options and then close the. Screen. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So so that's how it started. Then when I was thirteen, I, I founded my first uh, one-man company where I would do. Really. Yeah where I would do like, um, sell my website knowledge and, uh, programming knowledge. And, uh, and yeah, and, and I had a I have a lot of brothers actually. We are, we are really, yeah, we are eight kids from, from uh, in the whole family. And, um, and most of them are guys, six of us is guys. Uh, and my oldest brother, who's 20 years older than me, he's a lawyer and he, um, he had a lot of connections and he was, uh, You know, he would feed me projects from people he knew. So I had a lot of stuff to do. He also had his own kitesurfing company. So I could build like a CRM system. And I also built my own CMS system. That was like just when WordPress was starting to take off. And I remember seeing WordPress like, no, damn, this idea of having plugins, this was exactly what I wanted to build. I just called it uh, advanced website management. I think I called it
0: AVM. Uh, Not so pretty, but very technical. So you've been you've been doing this for a long time. I mean, it, I you know I've heard lots of stories. I don't, it, and it sounds awful lot like something I would do, but writing HTML on paper uh, to <laughs> right. to get the practice that that's amazing. So you've been at this for a long time. So, you know this this idea of double. I mean, maybe let's start by just kind of explaining what double is. Um, you know, and, and just all about it because I think it's it's so fascinating um, what you what you all are trying to do. So maybe let's start there. Definitely. So let's start out,
1: like many people ask, oh, do we really need another dating app? Because there are hundreds of dating apps. And our answer is definitely, yes, we do. With the traditional dating apps, there's there's many problems. First of all, for the for the women, there's many people who feel unsafe going out, meeting with a stranger they met online, especially for women, but also men, of course. Secondly, uh, it can be very awkward going on, on, on a solo date. And third, there's this time uh opportunity like where i if i have to go out on a solo date uh i don't even know if there will be any chemistry and i will for sure spend an hour maybe several hours of my night and if there's no chemistry and i just i will just go away feeling like i lost my time and i have no one to share it with uh, share the experience with so this is some of the problems that double uh tends to uh, will solve so First of all, we are not a solo dating app. We are a double dating app, hence the name. So let me just explain real simply how it works. So in many ways, we the, the user interface will look like a traditional dating app in the sense that you see individual people. So I, uh, for instance, my preference is girls. So I will see girls on my uh, swipe decks because you also swipe like you do on, say, Tinder. But the difference is, let's say I, I match with a girl then we have a match, but that doesn't provide any feature or any value yet. But then if one of my friends who I have added on the app, because I can add as many friends as I want, just like Facebook, for instance, if one of my uh, friends matches my match friend, then we have a double match. So let's say, Tim, you and I are connected on the app. I know you are happily married, So, but this is just <laughs> to, to illustrate the concept. You and I have just added each yeah, other. Just for purposes of discussion. Absolutely. Right, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so so you and I are teammates or friends in the app. And uh, I match with a girl. And then you also match with that girl's friend. Then we are connected inside a group conversation. So then we have a double match. And from here, we will have a group conversation where we can all type. But we'll also have a friend chat where you and I can, you know, put down a strategy. Like, where should we invite them? Or like, oh, they look really sweet. You know, this is a an interesting double match for instance so so that's the bare bone of, of double and, and and what we're doing and and just to get back on some of the problems we're then solving is first of all we see in double we bring a lot of people out on dating apps who've never been using dating apps. we have this so many times for people saying uh, oh I I I have never tried a double dating app but I tried uh, I know I never tried a dating app but I tried a double dating app. I tried double because it feels so much more safe. It feels so much f- more fun. It feels like I'm not dating. It feels like more of a social thing where I go out with my friends. And there could be still be this case where there's just no chemistry. But Tim, you and I went to this bar to meet with these girls or we went to do mini golf, whatever. And we f- quickly figure out there's no chemistry.
0: But hey, at least we're together and we can have a fun time afterwards or doing whatever yeah i mean i it's incredibly fascinating i you know i you're right i mean look i i i was thinking about it before joining the call I me mean, i think i've been married well i don't know a long long time i mean i i met i met my wife before there were cell phones like i you know so i i'm like so I, you know part of this is so far away from my reality but it does sound so fascinating because i i I can certainly empathize with this like idea of, yeah, it would be incredibly awkward, perhaps, you know, and certainly for women. I mean, I've got three daughters, you know, this idea of like just meeting somebody and and going on this kind of solo date, you know, so having, you know, having a friend go with you and have that other person have a friend seems like such a, a great idea. I mean, are there are other people have other companies caught onto this. This to me seems like like the absolute best way to do this. Definitely. I mean,
1: I remember that many times like for instance when i saw snapchat came out i was like that's so simple like that's of course you need an app like this why didn't anybody think of that or a messaging app like whatsapp like you need a way outside of messaging to communicate uh but with double we see that there have been people trying it before us even tinder have been trying to do something called tinder social i believe it was called and also a danish app called heaps um so people have definitely been trying it before. Actually, there was also, uh, I learned this, uh, it was a UK-based startup called Double, actually, but just with 1B, bee. we've been in contact with the founder. He reached out to us a few years ago. Um, so there's many people have been trying it, uh, but nobody have really seen, uh, seen to, you know, uh, what do you call, solve the puzzle in this because all of them did it in pretty much the same way. So, traditionally, when people have been trying to do double dating apps, they would make it so that if if we needed to go on a double date or sign up on this app, you and I, Tim, had to meet up in person. We are like, you know, create a profile together. We had to have like a group photo together. And when we were swiping, we would swipe other groups of people. And it, it sparked many problems because. You know, you and I could both be liking the same girl. We saw two girls, but we were, we were both fancy the same girl. And, you know, yeah. And and the chances of getting a double match is also a lot lower because you, you need like four parties to agree on two other parties. So this is why we do it differently. We, we just uh, made it like uh, one-on-one matches. And then we have an algorithm that then combines and look
0: into the data and see where do we have a double match? Uh, I think it's so fascinating. Um, so how long have y'all been, how long has Double been been active? So
1: more or less two years, but the first part of it was like uh, framing down the idea, uh, getting, getting some money, uh, building the product. Um, I joined the company in February, uh, a little bit more than a year ago. Uh, and before that, they had launched like a, a prototype, an MVP built by an agency that had been in the market for like two months, maybe, maybe like around two months, which was a very basic prototype of the app. Uh, so Dennis, um, my, my co-founder, uh, who, who actually initially got the idea, he, uh, he just thought this was a really great idea. And he tried to pitch it to investors, but he was also like really green, like he he was still studying. He didn't have any previous startup experience, uh, so first of all, investors were a bit skeptical of that, and secondly, uh, they they just uh, they didn't think people wanted double dating. Uh, but he was so convinced, like people wanted this, and everybody in his own age group, which he spoke to, were like, "This is a great idea." So he he kept uh, uh, pursuing that, and he's a really stubborn guy in that sense, like once he sets up to do something he really goes for it i, I have huge respect for him in regards to that so he he uh, he ended up like getting some money from friends and family and also maxed out his own student loan and then him and and some other friends would uh, like he got the agency to build it and he got friends some friends uh, who also invested in the company to like help promote it so that's how it started and then once the prototype was out and they got some initial traction
0: he set out to to found a uh, find a technical co founder, and that's uh, where he found me. So I mean, I I feel like I have so many questions. I mean, there's like a hundred different places that go because I'm just so I, you know I'm, I'm so fascinated by the idea, but also kind of the timing. I mean, you know, starting starting a company a couple years ago, you know, and and I've lost track now of kind of time and and when kind of COVID peaked and ended. But certainly two years ago or, or a year and a half ago, that there, there was much more of a thing um than it is now i think uh, certainly in the states i mean what what impact if any do you think that had on like how you guys got started or or the last couple of years did it make it easier to do harder to do i'm just i'm curious what kind of what that what impact that had yeah yeah that's a really good
1: question so so actually that's also part of what sparked the idea because dennis uh, he used to live in odense which is like the the middle island in denmark and then he moved to Copenhagen during COVID, and when he got there, he didn't really initially know many people, and and that's that's kind of what sparked the idea for Double, because he would maybe match with girls on Tinder. He, he uh, if I recall, he didn't really use dating apps before, but he signed up for Tinder. Uh, but then he also tried together with his Tinder matches to to you know match their friends, so he would try and say, "Hey, I have a friend. Maybe you have a friend, so we can go out." Because COVID was you know, isolating people a lot and he wanted to go out and socialize. So, so yeah, it was definitely, definitely uh, tough times. But on the other hand, I, I also believe like once the app got released, it was like post COVID. So, so we were, you know, uh, opening up the society again. But of course, this and of course with uh, other um, world, you know, the whole world situation have made like, say, fundraising a much, much different topic. So, so, like, we're a company born in into the the current, you can say, economical crisis, um, but we're really happy uh, to be that because it learned us, to, you know, to save any penny we
0: uh, we possibly could, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, it would it would certainly strike me as is kind of what you said. I mean, although, you know, financially we're kind of in a tough spot with you know all the things that are happening in the world. I would think socially, you know. This is maybe one of the best times ever. I mean, I think people, you know, more so than ever are kind of desperate for, you know, like meaningful connections, having, you know, not just one on one, but having groups of people they can rely on to kind of navigate the world. So, it, you know, it seems to me like the timing is almost perfect. I mean, I know funding is tough, but this seems to be something or it would it strike me as something people would really want. And, and to that end, I mean, how, how has the how has the company grown in, you know, in the in the two years? You know, and don't feel like you have to release usage numbers or anything like that. But I'm just kind of curious. You know, how how, how has it taken off?
1: Well, it's been going really good. And and uh, as you say, yeah, uh, the world needs you know socializing more than ever. And no matter how much crisis we're in, uh, people always want to you know date and they always want to meet new people. So <laughs> that doesn't affect a company like ours uh, in that sense, at least.
0: Yeah, Maybe the only thing people want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, so well, it, I mean, it's I've been doing startups for, for many years since I was like back. I started my first startup in two thousand and thirteen, and I've been doing maybe six different startups, and um, some more successful than others, but all very uh, learningful. But I must say, like Double is for sure the company I've been worked on that has had the most traction ever and has like sparked the most joy in me. Uh, it feels like I've been waiting 10 years for an opportunity like this. So it's it's really unique. It's been going really, really well. I mean, we're growing day by day, like week by week. We've been growing steadily around, I think it was 7% week over week since like
0: launch. Really? Yeah. Wow. So so we're actually growing. You know, another another question is just kind of like the footprint. So and obviously y'all are in Denmark. It, was it was it originally launched as like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna focus, you know, kind of locally. Was it was the plan always to go global? Is it global? I mean, what's kind of the kind of how have you all thought about that and how has, has the business grown? Is it are there places in the world that are incredibly popular, places it's not? I, I'm just curious about kind of the the footprint of the of the app. That's a great question. It'll also allow me
1: to to speak of some of our uh, valuable learnings we made on this journey. So when I joined the company in February 22, like the market, as I said earlier, was way different and it was actually a lot easier to raise money. So the plan from the get-go was to, as quick as possible, uh, launch in LA because that's where many other popular dating apps have launched, but also because it's probably the most competitive city in the world in terms of apps and especially dating apps. So we thought, hey, if we can launch it in another market, why not try with the most difficult one ever? And then, you know, the rest of the cities will be uh, less (laughs) less of a struggle. So that's what we set up for. And we were planning a a huge like fundraising round, but um, to support this because things are just 10 times more expensive in in the US and especially LA. But doing this, And we had really good traction in Denmark, so we thought, hey, that should be easy. But we realized quickly the markets changed a lot and, you know, VCs were holding back their money. Uh, And then the VCs we spoke to were like, well, yeah, I mean, we typically don't invest in a Danish company because to us, we were just a Danish company. Uh, But, you know, go uh, prove some traction here and then we'll invest. Uh, But, you know, um, we only had a, a little budget for Denmark and uh, but, but we actually ended up saying, okay, hey let's just you know, risk everything, go there, and, uh, and then proof some traction. But it turned out like we, we did get like thousands of users on board, but it didn't turn out to be as successful. Like, pr- we were probably hoping that it would be a lot easier to, 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 to launch than it actually was. And especially given our limited budget, it was really difficult to, to compete on the scene. Uh, but it taught us a lot of things. First of all, in Denmark, uh, back then, uh, we had a market share of 25% in our age group, which means everyone in between 18 to 26 uses Double. And if not, they have a friend who does. So everybody knew what Double was. So onboarding Double was easy because everybody understood the concept. But what, once we launched in, in LA, uh, once you signed up with your phone number, you were just thrown into the swipe di- swipe deck. Like, there were no... Uh, invite process to invite your friends there were no real explainer of you know how it worked so number one thing was people didn't understand the concept they were like is this just like Hinnish is this Tinder um, so so that was one of the things so product wise uh, we weren't there either as well as you know financially um, so we actually ended up uh, going back also to save save the money but go back from the LA launch and rethink first of all the product I, I spent night and day in LA, just reworking the whole front end, uh, rewriting everything, and then also making sure that the sign-up flow kind of enforced people to invite friends. Uh, so we worked a lot of that. We worked a lot of friend uh, suggestion algorithms uh, and uh, onboarding flow and and whatnot. And then when we went back to Denmark, we, we, uh, you know, we had to adapt to the markets as well. So what we did instead was Instead of focusing on an outside-in approach, we went from inside out. So we would instead take the neighboring countries. So we actually launched in Sweden as our second market, so to speak. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's a lot cheaper. And we also have like network effects because Denmark and Sweden is quite close. So uh, we would ensure that there were enough
0: profiles not too far away for people to swipe on. And so, so that was actually our second market, yeah. So I, I know people want us to get into technology and we will, I promise. But, uh, you know, just something you've mentioned now a few times about the launch in L.A. And again, this may be such a, a dumb question, but, you know, what what are the things that it was taking to launch in a market? I mean, was it is it advertising? Is it, it I mean, did you have to build some kind of local local content? I mean, what I guess help me understand what the challenges you know, aside from just recognition, I mean, what what is the cost of going into a market with an app like this? That that's the part I I, I guess I don't don't understand or would like to understand. Uh,
1: so one thing is that um, we believe a lot of influencer marketing. So we believe in uh, doing in, in that strategy, and that has proven to be extremely successful in Denmark. Uh, that's actually how we we became viral and them like that was because of an organic influence talking about us we didn't even pay her she just organically spoke about the concept um in us we also tried that but we also learned quickly that at least on tiktok it's really it's impossible to, to target a video to be in one region and we were we had a hyper local strategy so we had to go like really in a really dense area get a lot of users. So we saw that people loved the concept. Also, in the US, like once they understood, they were really happy about it. And we had in, we had in TikTokers who made videos about it, and we saw a lot of interest from around the US. Like we have thousands of users in, in the in, um, in the US, but it was impossible to tag and say, "Hey, I only want this TikTok video to be seen in LA," for instance. So we got a problem where we got a, thousands of users from around the US who signed up, and that was really great, but. It wasn't a good product experience for them because they would
0: like swipe a few times and then they would run out. Yeah, there's nobody okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Because if there aren't a lot of people around you, then eh. Yeah, exactly. So so
1: that's how that's why like launching in Sweden or Norway as we have recently done is a lot easier because it's uh the if if a video goes viral and they say Swedish or on Norway, you know. It's a, it's a much smaller area than, say, the U.S., or which can also go to England and all all other English-speaking countries. Yeah, so you
0: really have to work to build a base there yeah. you know, before it can make right. sense.
1: But actually, I totally forgot. Another really cool aspect of Double and part of our growing uh, growth strategy is, and that's a natural one, is that we are a social product. So you have never heard a person, well, I, at least I haven't, uh, come to me and say, hey, Matthias, you really need to download Tinder. You know, that's uh, you should download, it's great. Because <laughs> because that would actually uh, cannibalize my own chances of getting a match. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe my friend would steal my my match, right? But it's the inverse and double. People actually talk about it to their friends. Like we go organically. So this 7% week over week, has been more or less truly organic. Like we haven't spent marketing money on this. We did some videos, but it's like, it's it's really it's really minimal what we have done. Most of, like 90%, I, I, I can say, uh, don't hang me up on it, but it's more, it's more or less like that. 90% of our growth is purely organical because one friend will recommend it to another. So, so I heard it. So many times, like, oh yeah, I heard about Double, but my friend told me to get on, and you know, so so that's the true way Double grows is organically because on Double, the more friends you have, the higher success you have of getting a uh, Double match. So contrary to like say Tinder, the the more friends you have
0: on it, the higher the chances of you getting a match is actually slimmer. All right, look, I I because I mean I have like I every every sentence you you speak i have like more questions i want to ask about how this works but we will stop with the about double uh and talk about let's talk about the tech i mean i you know i'm, I'm really curious about you know, now I, I have a certainly a better understanding of kind of why you have built it and what it is but like let's how did you build it i mean what what you of know, what frameworks are in use what's kind of the 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 architecture and then you know maybe you know Curious about how you know the the seven percent growth or launching in new markets has challenged you from a tech stack perspective. Quickly,
1: overview, we are doing uh, we are having um, the app is made in Flutter, uh, so that's a hybrid framework uh, developed by Google, open source, uh, which allows us to uh, code for both iOS and Android and other platforms as well. But these are our main platforms. Um, so it's something I haven't worked with prior to Double, but the agency before uh, me uh, had coded the MVP in that. So we continued development there, and I have learned it throughout my journey in, in Double. And I must say, it's it's a pure joy working
0: with. Initially, I was like more of a React guy, so I thought, hey, let's do in React Native. Yeah, what's what is I I don't know much about Flutter. I mean, what's it like? What what would it be akin to? Well.
1: Uh, so Flutter is basically a framework for Dart, and Dart uh, is a programming language that can be used for both frontend and backend. It's very much inspired by JavaScript, uh, but it's TypeScript from like from its birth. So it's very strict in types, which is really nice. And then Flutter is then a framework on top of that, and it's very like component based. So it's pretty easy to to get into. Um, yeah, and 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 if it, essentially, it actually compiles your. Flutter code into native uh, Kotlin and Swift code, like uh, so. Yeah, you get this. Did you say Kotlin?
0: Yeah, I I might be wrong on that, but I believe that's. Uh... No, 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 no. I no, it, you're you're right on that. Uh, well, I, I'm just curious. Have you ever have you developed in Kotlin? Is that it, I, I keep meaning to do it. So I'm a Java guy, and I, I love the folks at uh, JetBrains. Yeah, and I know they've been a big proponent of that. I keep meaning to try it, but I haven't. I was just curious if that's something you've. You've played no, with.
1: like uh, in my early days, I started with PHP, and I believe Java and PHP is somewhat similar. Um, but I haven't really coded anything uh, in Java. Uh, no, I haven't.
0: But uh, as far as I'm aware, that's the language you write Android apps in. All right. So Flutter is kind of how you built the app. What? What else? What else is is making uh, double possible?
1: Okay, so that's like more or less the front end. So, so on the back end, uh, we have a, a, a framework called NestJS, for, 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 uh, uh, which is a TypeScript framework uh, based on Express. Es- oh, well, you can use it uh, with Express, but uh, we've since moved it to Fastify. And uh, super nice framework to work with as well. I can highly recommend it. Uh, very modular-based. Like if you're used to Angular, you would probably get into it really quickly. And then, of course... Uh, Database-wise, we are using uh, Cockroach, uh, which is uh, what you're saying, and an engine maybe on top of uh, Postgres, which allows you to like distribute your 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 database, which is uh, also really uh, important for a concept like double. Um, usually, it might not be needed to distribute your database, but if you want like really fast read and write. Uh, Uh, times as well as like comply with uh, gdpr and other privacy laws You, you 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 better think of that and this is something like cockroach is enabling us to to meet quite efficiently um we didn't start off by using like the the prototype was actually built in mongo so when i joined it was all mongo uh document based um but
0: given our you know relational structure and concept we are it made sense to i'm curious about that because you know if somebody works at cockroach you know we we people will ask us all the time you know can you you can migrate from mongo and you know and, and sometimes we'll compete against people who are like hey we're looking at you and we're looking at mongo and and i've always felt like if if you're looking at us in mongo one of us is in the wrong room you know like because they're very different obviously you know the the document store no sequel and then transactional sequel why I'm just curious. Like, do you have a sense of of why? Because this has always confused me. Why they thought Mongo would be a solution if, in fact, it was a relational problem, or is it just one of those? I, I've always wondered why some people just pick technologies because they like the name or they think it's cool. And there's like, but it's not a good fit. Is that the case here? Or yeah. Was there really? A, is there really a document problem? It doesn't. Or it doesn't sound like there would be. But what do I? Yeah.
1: No. No. You're right. Like the,
0: this also brings many things
1: I want to talk about, but. First of all, you know, many developers also code out of like which tools they're accustomed to to be coding, which which I totally understand. So, so that could be one aspect. But of course, there's also been a lot of hype, like Mongo. It's it's really cool and it's fast and all these things. But more interestingly, we actually before we had meetings with Cockroach, we we had meetings with uh, Mongo and uh, spend because we are having performance issues even when we were like having a relatively small amount of users we already faced scaling issues and we're trying to tackle that they sold us like their own development hours which we never really used but which they still build us for even after switching away um <laughs> yeah so so and the, and even them like we had many meetings with their senior architects like all of them like uh, many smart people actually, but interestingly enough, they all felt like no, 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 a concept like double can easily be handled on a document-based document-based uh, database. Like so, we actually ended up wasting a lot of time. So it wasn't not only the agency who developed the initial MVP, even you know uh, to provide, Of course, they would recommend themselves, right? But uh, maybe if it was me, I would have said early on in that process, like, hey, you should look into a relational.
0: But Nonetheless, here we are. Did it take a long time for you guys to to kind of? I mean, how how much reconfiguration or re you know rearchitecture, refactoring did it take to to make the move? It, it took some time. It took some some
1: some time. I don't know, maybe a few months. But it was definitely worth it. First of all, but but and I was lucky that we just had Copilot uh, implemented in VS Code back then, and I was so impressed by you know once I started rewriting, um, you know. Uh, each method to, like, say, okay, get this user, for instance. I could just comment it out and then comment above, say, write this with type OIM, which is something we use, like, a, to interact with Postgres if you're not writing raw queries. And I was, like, that part helped a lot. But it was a lot of work. Like, one thing was, like, rewriting all of our services to to not call a Mongo database, but call um, a Postgres database. Uh, so Copilot made that part easier. Also, having a really... Tested backend helped a lot. So luckily, the backend developer from the agency wrote a lot of tests. So that was like, that really that really saved thousands of hours. I I I could say. Uh, So we could, yeah. So we could rewrite one part of the application to just use Post Postgres instead of Mongo, run the test, and wait for the green lights to pop up. Can we talk
0: about Copilot for just a second? Because I um. You know, I I think in the last six months, I feel like I have, I've gotten so out of touch. I don't. I mean, I think there's just been so much happening with AI, and um, you know, Copilot is a GitHub product, correct? Um, and it, I I guess I I keep hearing about it, but I haven't spent time enough to look into it. Can you explain to me kind of what it is? Is it, a code generator, or is it more than that? Less than that? I I know I sound incredibly no, ignorant, no. Yeah, but sure, no, it's really. I keep meaning to look into it and have it. Well, I mean, even the developers who work with code every day haven't
1: looked into it, many haven't. Uh, but the ones who do, they usually clap <laughs> very excitedly in the hands. But um, yeah, so uh, Copilot is um, based on, I don't know, maybe version 3 of Jet GPT. I think it's version 3. Basically, it allows you know it, it try to predicts what you're doing and then come with suggestions. So, and it's sometimes it's it's I'm so impressed by by how it even knows like what I'm doing. Um, and other times I know it it needs to know, but uh, it saves a lot of time. Uh, so it can it, it will basically predict code. So let's say you 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 have like it looks at the the code ab- above like where you're writing and then you say you maybe make a a new viable called um, get the average of these two numbers, for instance. You call it average of A and B and then it just automatically suggests, okay, then to calculate the average, you need to do this. So you just press tap. And since moving to Copilot, I don't open, you know, um, I don't go on Google and search for my problems that much anymore. I usually just stay in my code editor and it will just, you know, I could also write a comment, say, hey, I want to, do this with these two things, and then I may press enter and I wait like half a second and boop, there's a suggestion.
0: Yeah, that's the part that that caught my eye is is so you basically make what create like a method signature, write a comment above the method uh, describing what you want that method to do, and Copilot to essentially populate the method. But but also even sometimes where
1: I I just wrote like five lines above and then I'm about to write a new line and then all of a sudden it just magically knows. Oh, I think because he's setting these variables, I think he's about to do this, and then it would just suggest me like the whole code. <laughs> it's incredible.
0: It saves thousands of hours. It, it is a GitHub project, right? I mean, it, it's it's part of. Am I right about that, or am I totally? Yeah, right? I, I mean, it's 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 pretty. I mean, it's owned by
1: Microsoft, and it's uh, and if you need to sign it's up, it's owned by Microsoft. To, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's owned by Microsoft, and if you want to okay. sign up, I don't know, I gotta look. at it. Yeah, this. and and if you if you want to. Um, if you want to sign up for it you need it's, it's under a GitHub domain
0: yeah but GitHub is also owned by Microsoft right so yeah that that's fascinating so um so cockroach on the back end you mentioned you know you mentioned kind of GDPR and and cockroach certainly can help with that um you know how has or how important is that kind of like the always on always up you know kind of re- resilience um you know, obviously, Cockroach—that's something we talk a lot about. You know, I'm just curious, and, I, and I've, we've talked about this on a few other podcasts. Like, you know, if your back end goes down, what what does that mean to y'all? You know, if I if it's nine o'clock in Copenhagen and you, you, everybody's looking for a, a date and the service is down, you know, this isn't a positive experience. I mean, what and you know, what are you, kind of what are your thoughts about resilience and? Well, that's another really
1: cool thing uh, with Cockroach and something that Mongo also wouldn't have. Or I know the traditional. Um, standalone database provider. But it makes me want to talk about, for instance, oh, well, first of all, just to answer your question, it's super important. And in Double, we know it instantly because we have like a support uh, feature in our app. So if you receive an error, you can press contact support. And we have been trying a few times where something went off. Uh and we know it instantly because our phones will just never stop vibrating. People like, <laughs> like people become distressed. Like, hey, I cannot write uh, with my matches. Like, <laughs> hey, Where's yeah, my what's day? my day? Like, people, it's really a huge problem. So, so, so that is really important. That's something uh, that's true, like really important uh, for double. And of course, with the the distributed uh, fashion Cockroach works. It you know it it helps with failover, but also scalability and these things. But I just want to say another really cool thing about resilience and, you know, backup strategy or disaster strategy. So recovery strategy. Um, so just uh, two days ago, I was in, in the office with Ingmar, my, my other co-founder, and uh, we were preparing for launching in Holland. Um, and so he was working on our staging database. And we just said, I just told him, you know, you can just, uh, just just set all languages to, to Dutch because we had to test that and we have some influencers who need to access the beta product. And then after a while, he said, I uh, ran this update, Users set language to Dutch on production on all 100,000 users. And you know, normally I would start sweating and I would probably start shaking a bit. But I was just like with my coffee in hand saying, ah, okay. Yeah, let's change that. <laughs> you know, that's that's so unique with Postgres. Oh, well, with we So why? Time-traveling queries. This is super cool. So I just ran in, wrote an easy little query saying, uh, select all user languages and user IDs from the user table uh, two minutes ago. Save it to a CSV file. And then from there on, we could just run an update you know, back to the original values where we just say, hey, set the language to this. And then we're done. Five minutes later, no disaster, no nothing, you know, all good. I mean, oh my God, ah, it's just it's pure joy.
0: Yeah, I mean, so for those who who may not understand the feature, it really is actually a very cool feature. So Cockroach being kind of like a, a distributed key value store and, you know, kind of an MVC style Um database what you can do is if you use a specific syntax called um you know as of as of system time you can access the access a consistent view of the database as of you know this moment in time ago so you know typically like you said two minutes or five minutes ago and so it's a wonderful way to to you know to do quick fixes like that it's also by the way and i don't know if y'all are using it for this it's also a great performance hack you know, because if you're looking up kind of static data, maybe locations, things that aren't going to change very frequently, it allows Cockroach to serve uh, to serve that data from any replica or copy of the data um, th- that has it in the cluster, as opposed to what we call the leaseholder. So, yeah, it's a it's a kind of an un an unheralded uh, amazing feature, and it's it's interesting that y'all used it that way because yeah, I mean, it, you know, whoops, I just ran an update in production. Uh, but not a big deal. You know, it can, it can, can very easily correct that awesome stuff. Uh, I, I know we're kind of r- running up on time and, and I feel like with all, uh, other podcasts we do, I, I feel like we could keep talking for hours. I don't know if anyone other than you and I would be listening, but, um, I, we certainly could. Um, so maybe just to kind of bring it in for a landing and then maybe we'll schedule schedule you again for a follow-up. Cause I feel like there's so much we could talk about. Um, you know, what, what's on the horizon? for for you and for double um you know you've been at it for two years you, you tried la you know you're you're kind of starting to it sounds like grow uh, organically a little closer to home what's what's on the uh, the horizon of the roadmap or, or another way to ask the question is you know what are you excited about you know for the next six to 12 months because I think that you guys are obviously killing it out there um what what's in the what's in the future so we have
1: um recently launched in Sweden it's going really great. We're growing uh, day by day still. Uh, we have uh, a lot of people using it. Um, we just... I think it was last week, we officially launched all of Norway as well. So that the part is wow. uh, growing as well. And uh, we are preparing to launch in the Netherlands. So that's going to be really exciting. Launching into new markets. Like now we have proven we can launch it in another market like Sweden. Now we now we need to... to, to to to, yeah you know keep launching it in a new market so 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 getting it out there uh is something that i'm looking really forward to especially because the concept is fun once you can go into another country with your friend and then match local people there you know that effect will be huge as well um yeah so so that that's one thing and then we also you know we gotta uh, get some butter on our bread as well so um we are planning on within the next, say, maybe six months, introducing premium features. So we'll keep the current features more or less the same for the users, but we'll introduce new features that uh, hopefully people will want to buy. Uh, so, you know, proving that Double can actually also be a profitable business, which we personally, of course, you know, know it will because it's not a unique business model. Like this many dating apps who proven they can make money. But still, it's going to be uh, valuable to prove we can do it as well. So, so launching in new markets and uh, getting our premium version out, so we can, you know, yeah, make some money on this as well. Do you think you guys will will try to head back to the states in a big way? Yeah, yeah, for sure we will. I mean, uh, the product today compared to where we were when we launched in, in 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 LA is completely incomparable, and we still get signups from the US and even though we are not active there uh so we are definitely going to uh, uh we are looking forward to launching in the US as well we will but um over the next period we're just going to prove it in Scandinavia and the Nordics and then and then from there uh, hopefully race around uh, and with those money uh take it to to the US which is going to be huge because one of the issues I mentioned uh we, we have a trust issue uh, we are solving uh, with dating. In Denmark and Scandinavia, it's not as huge as it is in, for instance, the U.S. It's trust uh, with strangers is a much bigger problem over there. So we think
0: like uh, double is more uh, needed than ever in, say, U.S., for instance. I couldn't agree more. I, I, think, I think you guys have such an interesting concept that I'd be excited to watch uh, your progress in the States because I can see it it going viral very quickly. So very excited to, to follow your progress. Well, listen, Matthias, this has been such a fascinating conversation. I certainly enjoyed it. I hope the listeners did as well. Uh, you're an interesting guy, very interesting guy uh, who's built some wonderful things and, and, and double is such a, a neat idea, as I said. Uh, so. You know, I know we, we talked for about 40 minutes. I think we could have gone longer and maybe we'll have you back for a second time. But this has been been super fascinating. Um, really enjoyed learning about the company, learning about you, um, learning about the technology. Glad you're using Cockroach. Uh, so with that, again, thank you very much for joining us on Big Ideas in App Architecture. Uh, best of luck to you and double. Thank you, Tim. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening. Thank you, as always, for listening to Big Ideas in App Architecture. If you haven't already, rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. And check out our YouTube page where you can watch every episode. Thanks. Bye.